Welcome to the Who's Eat podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And it's Easter, and we've got new Doctor Who to watch. Uh, uh, no, we haven't. No, we haven't, have we? No, no, sorry about that. False, false alarm there, folks, false alarm. Yes, we're back after our uh, after our break week. And this yes. week we shall be delving for the final time into Series 3 with a look at Last of the Time Lords. But first, let's have some news. And we've got quite a bit to get through this week, haven't we? Because we've, we've got later, we've got a bumper edition of Omicus Tech Corner to come up. We have. We have indeed, we have indeed. So let's go through the news first. And firstly, whilst we've been away, it's been announced that Ben Miller will be uh, appearing in Series 8 of Doctor Who. Um, he's the latest, yeah. In, yeah, he's the latest in the line of uh, sort of famous actors. What's well, I say famous in the UK, I should say, um, to, to join Series 8. Um Thoughts on Ben Miller, Paul? I don't know what sort of part he could play, really. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're wait, we're presuming from what's been said that he's going to play a, a villain, aren't we? So yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, he, uh, he's, he's sort of released a, a, something a, about a storming villain or something. Yeah, that's Stephen. it. Yeah, so we don't so. know anything else really, and obviously we're not going to go um, into any rumours or, or uh, anything like that or no. spoilers in this podcast as we, we try to avoid but no. uh, yeah it could be interesting um, I think I've got might... a feeling he's a long term fan of Doctor Who isn't he I he think he is yeah I think science he's... and fiction and all that sort of stuff doesn't yeah. he? So, um, is he I suspect really... he has been waiting for a part yeah he said he released um, a statement saying that he is a committed Whovian and he can't believe his yeah. luck that he's uh, he's appearing in this series so yeah it could be good. Could be good. Um, now, must, must have felt a bit strange that Alexander Armstrong got a part before him. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> this is comic partner. Yeah, I just got to wonder. It must have, I mean, obviously that come off. The, but mind you, Sarah Jane Adventures first, rather yeah. than Doctor Who, which was even stranger, really. But hmm. yeah. okay. Um, now, I'm going to say everyone says fictitious awards um, on the, on other podcasts. I'm just going to say, what the hell is this? Is this award? Really, it's the Free Sat Awards. Have you heard of this one before? I haven't. No. No. Um, well, Doctor Who's been uh, nominated, or rather, Day of the Doctor has been nominated in the Best of British category. Hmm. Uh, now, the, uh, the other sort of nominees in this category are Sherlock, Strictly Come Dancing, Anton Deck's Saturday Night Takeaway, and Downton Abbey. Hmm. Yeah. It, it's it's a question of whether this really. I. Well, whether the two sort of game show. Entries in that, really? Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. Is this the best of British? Well, apparently it's to celebrate all that's great about free TV in the UK. Make of what of that, if, what you will. I, I, I've no idea what uh, when this started or whether it's a, a new thing. I've got absolutely no idea. But um, if you're interested... And Channel 4 or Channel 5. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really pleased to be on thing. <laughs> I don't think they'll be televising it then, will they? <laughs> Um, well, it says the awards are produced in association with the TV Times, which I don't think I've it's actually... still going. Well, I haven't picked a copy of that up since 1978. So, since there was, since there was some weird um, model uh, of uh, Sid James on the front advertising Bless This House, which scared the crap out of me. I never picked it up since. 
Um, yeah, so... Yeah. It, TV's <laughs> changed since then. You haven't watched TV since then, have you? I haven't, no. I've watched our TV since then, either. <laughs> so this is great big model head of Sid James when he wet my pants. Uh, yes, the winners will be announced on the 17th of June. <laughs> that's, that's the epitaph for your gravestones. <laughs> wet his pants in 1978, never watch TV again. Due <laughs> <laughs> to the big head of Sid James. <laughs> oh, crikey. Right, now... Um, some more, well I'm not going to say it's not sort of really news on any more missing episodes but uh, Philip Morris uh, released a statement uh, actually sort of, uh, well, sort of yeah, last week actually on the 11th of April as we recalled um, and it's really to sort of put to bed all of the rumours that still persist uh, about like they're, they're going to be releasing some more episodes you know, very very shortly I think there wasn't there meant to be wasn't there some rumour going around they're going to release Marco Polo at Easter or something? There's always a rumour going Exactly, around. yeah. It's been for the last 25 years. <laughs> now, basically, this is really just to put it to, to bed once and for all. Um, and it is sort of um, sort of quite telling, and sort of part of the statement. It says, uh, however, as much as people want specific programmes found, wishing them into existence or starting rumours will not magically return them. Individuals trying to extract information which does not exist or is commercially confidential will be deleted, unread, and legitimate inquiries from TIEA Limited Services are welcome. And that sentence doesn't make a lot of sense, to be honest, but, um, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's the commercially confidential yeah. line that's the... Uh... Interesting, the interesting one in that, isn't it? That is, you know, one thing to say, oh, which does not exist. Fine, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, actually, that, commercially that... confidential sounds as, does sound as if, well, you know, but it doesn't necessarily say that there isn't any, does it? It just no, says exactly. we can't tell you. Now, what I meant by um, the fact that it doesn't make a lot of sense is because it's the way I just bloody read it, actually, because there was a, there was a comma missing out of that, actually. Um, it, should, it should say... Um, it was individuals trying to extract information which, which does not exist or is commercially confidential will be deleted unread, comma, any legitimate inquiries for TIEA Limited Services are welcome. So that, so I, I completely read that wrongly, uh, folks, so I do apologise. This just goes to show we do not rehearse before we start recording. I'd say, and uh, rumours of that missing comma will be <laughs> surfacing around this. <laughs> Ian Levine was furious. He's done his got that comma or not. That's what we deserve to know. He can't wait any longer. He's going to do his own personally funded animated comma. <laughs> It'll be released on his YouTube channel sometime later in the year. <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah, I, I think really it, it this needed to be said because I, I think I'm getting a bit. Brassed off of all this stuff, yeah. banded I, it, around all the time. You no, know. but it, but it is a statement that just says basically, whether there is or isn't anything, I'm not going to tell you. Really? Yeah, it's basically stop asking me because it, yeah. yeah, I mean the other part of the the statement I sort of I didn't read uh, was that he is looking, um, or the whole company, right? Not just Philip Morris, but you know the whole of the uh, TIEA are looking for all sorts of missing TV programs. It's not dedicated just to Doctor Who. Which yeah. I seem to think certain individuals think that's all it's there to do is look for Doctor Who, but it doesn't. It, it looks for all sorts of programs, um, which I think is was a sort of which is sort of 
it's our heritage, really. That's what he's trying to find. He's trying to find our TV heritage from from all corners of the globe. Yeah. Not, not just Doctor Who, folks. So... Okay, now talking of a heritage, as we um, as we recalled, uh, actually, the um, horror channel started showing Doctor Who, haven't they? Yeah, I haven't actually seen. No, any but, of it. well, really, because I've got them on DVD anyway. Yes, but, uh, <laughs> there's a point of why do I really want to watch you with adverts when I? Indeed. Now this doesn't actually stop at this weekend. This, um, I mean, what I've got in front of me goes through right through to the seventh of May. Um, so they're showing. Sort of the Daleks, uh, Seas of Death, the Demons, the Sea Devils, um, the Three Doctors, and that takes us up to the seventh of May. So they're showing some sort of sort of the crowd pleasers there, aren't they? Yeah, and they're not just concentrating on one Doctor either. No, exactly. Um, and this goes right the way through to spring. So um, apparently, you can find the full um, and future schedule. Um, at the uh, site called This Week in Doctor Who, which is part of Doctor Who News, Doctor Who News.net. So that'll give you the entire um, run through, all the way through the entire of Easter, uh, not Easter, entire of spring, I should say. So there we go. Right. I do like their adverts they've been using. Oh, they've been great, haven't they? And the stuff I've seen on stuff I've seen, walk down onto the tube and there's. Big Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, I know they've, been on, they've been on buses, and I like the the, the, the trails as well on, on the Horror Channel. Yeah. have been really, really great. I mean, they've really put some um, sort of some weight behind this. Um, and it's just a shame that the BBC have actually sort of sold this onto a, a different channel. Yeah. Really? You know, they've got uh, BBC Three while it's still there, and BBC Four, I, I really don't understand. Maybe, it's, again, it's money. They're making money out of it, really, aren't they? They're sort of, obviously, it's been shown under licence, I would have thought. And perhaps it means they don't have to pay the royalties. So Indeed, yeah, that's the thing, isn't someone it? Someone else is picking up the tab of those. Yeah, so. exactly. Okay, then, folks, well, that's it for, uh, for news. But coming up now, as promised earlier, it's a bumper edition of Omega's Tech Corner. You pester me with trinkets! Right, now, where should we start this week, Paul? Should we start off with the, the Fourth Doctor signature edition? Yes. Might as well, because uh, this is from uh, Big Chief Studios, and they've done a rather marvellous um, one, one six-scale uh, Fourth Doctor uh, figure, which is fully posable. Um, it's got interchangeable hands, it says here as well. However, the disappointing thing is it's sold out at pre-order stage. Yeah. Unfortunately. Now, I mean, looking at the, the photographs on it, it is an absolutely fantastic um, figure. It's probably one of the best I've seen, to be honest. Worth the £190? Mm, I, again, I, I would sort of uh, choke on that price, to be honest. Um, but next day delivery was only £8. Oh, well, that's the parking. There you go. Rest you can't just pay for the next day delivery. Exactly, exactly. Now, it was only, there were only 300 um, of these uh, have been made. And uh, unfortunately, as I said, they've all sold out. Um, but it is, I mean, mind you... But those of you who are lucky enough uh, to have got one of these figures, I mean, it is outstanding. It actually does look like who it's supposed to be. Yeah. As well, you know. You didn't need a caption to tell you, did you? You didn't. You didn't. They've captured uh, Tom Baker's likeness um, fantastically. So um, what we'll do, we'll put this onto our um, uh, Facebook group, just so you can have a <laughs> basically look what you could have won, basically. Um <laughs> Uh, because uh, no doubt you will find these going for treble the price on um, on eBay 
very, very shortly, I would have thought. Yeah. Uh, now, on to some tat from the future. Now, some time ago, we talked about Doctor Who Lego. Uh, apparently, now the proposal has reached the review stage. Yeah. Mm, so, this is um, so it's a, basically, this is looking really, really um, sort of close now. Yeah, so let's have a look, see what they sort of um, announced here, really, what they're trying to push, really. I think it's sort of. Um, a set which is sort of the TARDIS exterior and interior. You've got some mini figures, a um, couple of companions, uh, possibility of a weeping angel, possibility of a Cyberman, um, and also, if Lego likes the idea, a sound brick for the iconic TARDIS sound. Which yeah, it sound yeah, exactly. It sounds uh, sounds quite interesting. Um, yeah, so this is done through the Lego Kusu, not Kukaju, as I said uh, a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, I hope this this gets off the ground. I really do hope this gets off the ground because um, I think everybody's been crying out for um, some proper Lego Doctor Who here, haven't they? You haven't. Yeah. You couldn't care less, really, could you? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm neither. <laughs> You're neither uh, pleased nor nor bothered. Yeah. No, exactly, yeah. exactly. Now, um, moving swiftly on, we found, or rather, you have found, Paul, um, quite a few items of tat here, haven't you? Would you like to sort of um, kick off the first of the items that you found? Uh, where should we start? Should we start with a bottle opener? Yes, why not? Why not? Um, there's a bottle opener. Two bottle openers, actually. One a TARDIS one, mm. and one a Dalek one. Both with the bottle opener bit at the, on the underneath of the either TARDIS or Dalek. Ah, good. good. And I must admit, I, I quite like it, but not necessarily that you'd want to carry it round with you. No, it's look a bit... Um... A bit bulky in the old pocket, wouldn't it, really? The, yes. Especially the TARDIS one, at least. Um, yes. Now, they've actually renamed the TARDIS for the, the Tom Relative Drinks in Space. Well mm. done. Well done. Um, and that's retailing for £12.99. Does seem rather a lot for a bottle opener. Um, and it's expected from uh, Forbidden Planet International. Expected on Thursday, the 31st of July. Yeah, so that's some time sh- to wait. Yeah, so I'm assuming it's the same time for the Dalek one as well. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, what's up next then, Paul? Uh, next, shall we go for the safe? Yes. Now, this one I, I find particularly bizarre. Talk me through it, Paul. <laughs> well, there, there, there's been a few, a few different TARDIS safes, haven't there? Hmm. Ones that you either unlocked with your phone or whatever, or keypad one. This one is a tap tech safe. Okay. It learns your secret tap sequence... And door opens only when correct tap sequence is entered. Now, th- this again is from Forbidden Planet International, and it's retained for £30.99, and is expected on Wednesday the 30th of July. Yes. So it's a right, sort of close period for, for quality tat here. Um, and I'm just thinking, and if, you're st- uh, if you actually come home and find that your safe is open and your stuff stolen, is Lionel Blair the first suspect <laughs> on your list? Oh, Bruce Forsyth. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's now, that's why he's quit strictly. <laughs> he's going to now start up going round. He's making a, selling tap tech safe like a octogenarian raffles. Oh god, yeah. Um, I, this this has got potential for disaster. This really has. I mean, I, I, mean, I wouldn't advise anybody to put anything really valuable in this because you will forget your tap sequence. Yes, you're gonna come. I'm, you're gonna come home drunk. And think, oh no, I'll go and do that tap sequence now, and that'll be the end of it. You'll never o- open the bloody thing again. 
I must have been looking at the picture of it. I don't think it's that secure. <laughs> it does look to be from cheap plastic, actually, doesn't it? <laughs> it's a little flimsy. It may be a case that if you tap hard enough, it will just fall apart. <laughs> or like a chocolate orange, which is actually made out of cement. <laughs> they don't tap and unwrap bollocks. Anyway, uh, what's what's up next, Paul? Um, where were we? The Dalek line tracker? Yes. Yeah, it's a... It's not loading on my computer at the moment. It's a yeah, it's a Dalek line tracker. If you draw a line, it will actually follow it. Uh, what use that is, really, I don't know. No, me neither. Um, now I must admit, all this tech that we've presented to you right now, they have got little to no descriptions of what Shins the off. bloody things actually are, how how big they are, or sort of what they're made out of. So a lot of this is just um, how they work. How they, it's just guesswork on our part, really. Um, yeah, this retails for £19.99 from Forbidden Planet International again. And this one is also expected on Wednesday the 30th of July. Uh, does seem rather a lot of money for something that's just going to follow a line. Yes. Although I suppose if you, if you want, if, if it does move, yeah, I presume battery operated, I don't, we just don't know. We just don't know. We just don't know. Um, <laughs> How do these things work? <laughs> witchcraft, that's what it is. <laughs> witchcraft. <laughs> this, sound, this sounds like the trader for some new science program <laughs> we're, we're hosting. How do they work? Join us later and we'll tell you. <laughs> Bugger if I know. <laughs> yes, that, that's our level of science. That's, um, my, that's my version of how. Yeah. <laughs> Bugger if I know. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm not quite sure how, we, how that introduction, what hand signal we give for that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I could think of a few, actually, but none that could be repeated on this podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, it would be a very short episode, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes, now, those who don't know at home, um, Hal was a programme for male children. I think there was Hal 2 as well. They brought it back in the 90s, didn't they, Hal? Uh, it's basically a programme. You had a few people sitting in the studio. They just told you how things worked. So I think viewers would write into how, how does this work or how is this made and... They would explain it to you in an entertaining fashion. Completely unlike this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's also where it dip. <laughs> yeah, so our version is buggerified now. <laughs> oh dear. Right, okay, what's up next, Paul? What's up next? Uh Buggerify now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh next the pre order of the twelfth Doctor costume T shirt. Yes. Um uh, obviously there's been Ones for it for all the previous doctors now by now hasn't there? I think there has been. Yes, it yeah. seems a bit quick to be rushing this out. It does actually. I, it's I don't know exactly when it does come out. To be it honest, does. yes, um, yeah, because there is. It says pre-order, but, uh, but they're taking no it. That is definitely going to be the. That is, that is ultimately going to be the costume for the whole of series eight. I presume. I'm assuming so. I'm assuming so. Although. Set photos seems to, seems to suggest otherwise. Yes, yes. So I shall say no more on that. Uh, that is retained for nineteen pounds ninety nine pence, and this is from the Who Shop International, which we have yes. been in, haven't we? It's in the Barking Road. It's right near uh, up to oh, Park. I, I, I will be there tomorrow. Ah, well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> so, if anybody wants their, their their copy of the podcast signed, <laughs> come along. Yeah, well, actually, when this is released, you were there yesterday. <laughs> Oh, yes. Bugger. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, we should be signing a copies out of our DVD, Bugger If I Know, as well. So. 
But if you want to know how to time travel to go back and get that signed, yes. <laughs> okay, what's up next in Tack Corner? Um, the lastly, I think it's the smartphone Dalek or K9, isn't it? Yes. Now, we've had um, some inquiries, haven't we? There weren't some news yes. on this um, the, the smartphone-operated K9. <clears throat> now, unfortunately, we can't find anything on Forbidden... It's again, it's Forbidden Planet International, but they do have um, the Dalek one, and we do know there is a K9 one out there somewhere. Yeah, basically, this does, as it, as it says on the tin, you operate a, a Dalek... Um, through the use of your smartphone. Um, it works with Android wow, and Apple. Yeah, via Bluetooth. Yeah. Apparently it features a rotating head, lights, an illuminated eye, autonomous navigation mode, and an illuminated laser. Uh, this is also expected on Wednesday the 30th of July. Clark, if you're going to Forbidden Planet on that day, you'd walk out with a bumper. Bumper toys there, wouldn't you? Um, but this one, though, is uh, retailing for £69.99. pence. Uh, we're assuming that the K9 is also retailing for this price as well, but there is no... Is, yeah. 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 I, do you know what? I, the, I might be tempted by this one, but I think you'd play with about five minutes and that would be the end of it. Yeah. Really, wouldn't it? Um, now, one thing I've noticed throughout this new tat, that they are really pushing the Teletubby Daleks. It is that, isn't it? It's not... They're not, the, not, not gone for the RTD... Um, Daleks at all? They've they've gone for the, uh, the was it the new paradigm Daleks? Yes. Is this the shape of things to come? Mm, could be with the. I I would series. I would think it might be really because they spent all that time building those um, those new props and they've hardly been used, have they? No, no. And you you feel perhaps the they they still didn't quite trust themselves just to go to the new ones. No. And I suppose because they had to have old ones, it it made sense. But, yeah, you get, I get the feeling the next Dalek we're going to see is going to be the new ones. Yeah, I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling. I'm going to miss the old uh, golden bronze ones. Yeah, well, we're, we're yet to see what the new ones can do that makes them so special, aren't we? Well, yeah, we're supposed to find out what this, this thing is on the back, these funny slats, um, slat arrangement, um, which apparently is another weapon. Yeah, we've yet to find out what that is, but uh, anyway, <clears throat> maybe we'll find out. Maybe there'll be no Daleks in Peter Capaldi's first series. I'd like to see him give him a rest for a little bit, actually. Yeah, although yeah, obviously it always seems to be the test of a new Doctor, isn't it? Until he, <clears throat> yes. until he comes up against the Daleks. Yeah, indeed, so. indeed. So it, that remains to be seen. Remains to be seen. Yeah. Okay, then that is it for the news this week. So, coming very, very shortly is our final delve into series three of Doctor Who with Last of the Time Lords. So, for another week, then that was the news. Right then, it's time to finally finish off this very, very long series three retrospective, uh, which has taken us. Um, 14 months, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Longer than that, possibly. I've, I, can't, I can't remember when we actually started this, but it's well over a year. It's well over a year. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about Last of the Time Lords. Martha Jones is there. She's going to save the world. How much hope has this man got? Oh, my God! Martha! Kills a Time Lord permanently. We've all six feet spears heading right for Jones. 
Uh, and it's my turn. Put it off as long as we, we have put it off as long as we possibly could. We even managed to fit in a break week as well, didn't we? To... <laughs> Uh, it was just a ruse. It's all a ruse. Um, yes, it's my turn to kick this off. Um, it's not great, is it? Oh, no. You're not telling me you don't like it. <laughs> it's not great. A time really hasn't been kind to this one at all. No. It, it just doesn't get better on repeat viewings. It is an absolute... I was going to say mess, but I don't think mess quite sums this up, actually. I think it's an absolute bloody travesty. It's It's just... Too fanciful and simple a story, isn't it? For what is a big, I mean, quite a reasonable build-up to it. It just is this what it was really what we was going to? Well, I know the whole thing is all really about um, Martha, isn't it? At the yeah. end of the day, it's all really about it's really Martha's story. And but you've yet again, and it's something that I found that that quite a bit in Russell T Davis's uh, tenure, the Doctor was sidelined quite a bit and he was massively sidelined in this one yeah to not even actually have David Tennant play him yeah exactly <laughs> most of this episode it was utter twaddle it really was absolute twaddle I mean I, I just can't begin to you know actually sort of de- describe my hatred for this pile of old crap to be honest <laughs> <laughs> it took two minutes for the pleasantries to end it did didn't it <laughs> Oh, crikey. No, it's just awful. It's absolutely bloody awful. Um, I mean, even the fact of actually having said, we discussed John Sims' master last time we looked at, obviously, the previous episode. Yeah. And the one thing about it was, it was I, I, I said I enjoyed it because it was, it was quite an over-the-top comic creation. Mm. This, he actually doesn't. I was surprised, actually, at how reasonably straight he plays the master in this episode. That, I think that's the that's the weird. And then di- and- I said that's the dichotomy about this particular story because I thought Johnson's performance is better in this than it was in the Sound of Drums. Oh, it's it's more of a a performance you'd want, but then because the story then goes off in something of a stupid phase, it, it you actually almost want him to be overacting because at least that would take your mind off <laughs> <laughs> what's going on. Oh, it's just awful. I mean, I don't know where to begin, really, with this one. Um, okay, we, we started off with the Doctor, didn't we? Yeah. And I think we also just get all this this whole thing, because I think finally, RTD, I think, literally did turn the Doctor into a god, really. That whole thing floating at the end, like, you know, like Christ. So everyone compared it to Christ, like a rising from the dead, right? Um, but I actually, I actually see another comparison in it, and... When he started glowing and, and sort of with his arms stretched out and everything, I thought of only one thing. And there's an episode of The Simpsons, The Springfield Files, and it was Mr. Burns going around, I bring you love. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I could think of was that. <laughs> and, I, and I couldn't stop laughing. As soon as I thought that, I couldn't stop laughing. Sort of like, I bring you peace. <laughs> My thoughts on that, actually, when that scene starts is, actually, the master says what I think most Doctor Who fans was was going through their heads were, stop oh. it, no, 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 you don't. Stop <laughs> this right now, stop it. <laughs> As there's the realisation of how how this story was going to end. Oh, dear. Well, I, I mean, you, there's that and also the whole thing with the Doctor being turned into that... It's been called Dobby the House Elf, isn't it? The Dobby Doctor. Mm. 
and I, I, I actually made a note here. That sort of, I actually made notes on this, actually. Um, it's, it looked bloody awful even for seven years ago. Even then, it looked terrible. The CGI, it was just, it was just the biggest misstep yeah. in Doctor Who history, just, as far as I'm concerned. Just, why did they need to do it? It really didn't need it to go that far. No, it was one of those things of, you could do it, but should you? you know, um, and they shouldn't have. And could barely, could, well, yeah, barely could do it. As well. it just, yeah, it just wasn't, just didn't need, it just took it out even further to stupidity than it, this story needed. Yeah, exactly. It was just it was just terrible. It was absolutely terrible. I mean, it started off quite, you know, reasonably okay with the whole thing of the um, sort of their little plot to steal the master's um, laser screwdriver. Yeah. Um, and it did show the master to be quite sadistic when he sort of backhanded the doctor. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, always the the fact of someone hitting an old man is gonna give you that sort of feeling isn't it exactly um but not only that he'd also been i mean they didn't go into any detail but he'd been quite obviously been knocking his wife about as well yeah um and i have to say actually that is probably one of the performances that stand out in this episode is is of the what the uh the woman who plays his wife from um, going from the yeah perfect sort of a Prime Minister's Wife of the previous episode hmm. to a very almost zombie-like state where she's just withdrawn her, into herself so much because of what's happened to her. Yeah, and also the sort of look on disgust on her face when he sort of um, when he kisses her. Yeah, and she sort of turns around to camera, and it's that it's that look on her her face is sort of like "Don't touch me" sort of thing. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's I mean, it's quite. I, mean, I suppose that you could say that's quite strong, actually. I mean, it is, it is a dark, very dark story, but, but it's, ru- it's it's ruined with this whole this whole making the Doctor into a into a god, yeah, and this whole thing. I've had a year to tune into its matrices and all that, and it's it's utter cobblers. It really is utter cobblers, and then, and basically, you hold the whole thing that the Master is afraid of the, of the Doctor saying is, "Is I forgive you?" Yeah. You know, which again, I, I think is really, really poor. I really do think it's poor, and I, have, I really haven't softened towards this episode at all. Can, can, you, can you tell? Because yeah, I, I think I think people do. I think people who, who I think originally disliked it. So I remember a lot of people didn't like um, Journey's End, and then they sort of it, it sort of few years went by, and they said, "No, it's not that bad, really." But I I really don't know if people feel the same way about this particular episode. Probably mm. not. <laughs> no, I, I just can't. Just can't really see where any many redeeming features in this episode. It's it's the whole thing about the contradictions in the plot. Hmm. As you've got, well, starting with the most obvious one. A, the master won't. The doctor knows the one thing the master won't do is kill himself. Yeah. So next, basically, two minutes, five minutes later, the master's killing himself rather than. Yeah, exactly. Rather than take the opportunity to take everybody with him, he picks the time to just go on his own. Yeah, just some it's like some. It, I think at that point it was just some little personal victory. I think it, it was either that or, as you know, as he, he said he didn't want to spend the rest of the rest of his life locked up with the doctor. Yeah, but it's it's still. I mean, a case of 
you've gone from the whole thing about the the one thing the doctor knew about him was that he couldn't he, he, he couldn't kill himself. His self preservation was himself, was greater yeah. than anything else in his life. Yeah. And then five minutes later, he's killing himself. <laughs> that, I mean, that, 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 that's the minor one. The major one is the whole plot story completely about the, the whole thing with the Martha going around telling the whole of humanity the plan. I mean, that, it, it took uh, uh, just a year to go around the whole of humanity. Yeah, but, but t- telling everybody this plan, except the one person they know would tell the doc, tell the master, who they told a different story to, to trap him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> nobody else, nobody else on the entire planet had anyone they was worried about in the master's uh, jail or whatever. Yeah, and he's employed. That, that, that would have told the master about this plan on the countdown. <laughs> but the one per- there's only one person, only one human in that entire world that would grasp them up to the master. I oh, know. It, it didn't make a lick of sense, did it? No. It didn't make a lick of sense. Um, no, actually, we, we've been... Um, you talk about Martha there. We've been holding back on um, an email for a long time, haven't we? Yes. Uh, for one of our listeners, because when we started off this um, uh, this retrospective, um, we had, a, we had a, a couple of emails, and now... Uh, we haven't heard, actually heard from this particular listener since uh, since he sent this mail. Actually, it was um, Chris Ralton. Um, hello, that's long given up. He's say. long given up, Chris. We don't know if you're still listening, mate, but um, we're finally getting round to reading out your email, and, and it's all really to do with Martha. He's just reached the top of our pile. That's it has, yeah, yes, that ever extensive pile of feedback that we get. Mm. Um, wanted to say this till this last episode because I think it's probably a good time to speak about. Um, Freeman Argument and, and the character of Martha Jones because this is her bowing out as a companion, really, isn't it? Yes. So, basically, this is what Chris says. He said, the problem is with the writing of the character. Martha starts off with such promise and such intelligence in her, in her first episode, but from the start of the second episode, it quickly descends into a going around doe-eyed and pouting with the odd whinge every 15 minutes or so. She has no character development and ends the series the same person when she started. The appearances in Unit felt false, which we're now skipping ahead to Series 4 here. They made no sense, did not match the established character, and there was no idea of how she got to be with them. Which is probably quite true, actually. Um, she started off her journey with a boyfriend, tried to pull the Doctor, and whilst keeping those two on the go, she flirts with Shakespeare and a space pilot. She gets engaged to the person she meets at the end of the series and leaves him to run off with Mickey. The point she made that she was a, she was a Doctor... And had her life in all just adds to frustration because nothing came of them. It was like when Mel was introduced as a, as a computer programmer and she was never put in front of one again. The others started off so low but they progressed while they were with the Doctor to the point that they achieved far more than Martha. Martha was a doe-eyed simpering puppy of disappointment where the others all progressed. Donna effectively returned to zero at the end of her run but she was the only RTD era companion to have a true character development arc. So, do you agree with that, Paul? There's a good points there. It's a very good points there, Chris. Um, What do you think about Martha's character development? To a certain extent, I agree with that. I mean, I I quite like had they. The the biggest problem is the, as he says, the died following the Doctor. Yeah. Had you taken that out of her character, I think she'd have been a very good character, a very good companion. Yeah, I think that was. I think we but said that, this before anyway. That was the biggest misstep with that character's making 
her also pine after the Doctor. We had that with Rose. Yeah. And we needed something different. But what they tried to... Obviously, the thing there was it wasn't reciprocated by the Doctor. But, again, you didn't need a lovesick, another lovesick companion. No. Whether it was reciprocated or not, you didn't need another companion like that. Um, but I think with with a character arc, I, I or development arc, rather, I think she did... Because at the end of the day, she's the one who saves the world, effectively. Yeah, yeah and she was, a, uh, as, a, as a person, uh, other than in her relationship with the Doctor, I think a very strong character. Yeah. But the, the relationship with the Doctor, or lack of relationship with the Doctor, whichever way you want to say that, mm. is, the, is the overriding problem with that cat with her. It is, yeah. And it's, uh, I think it's a shame, because I think she was um, she's very poorly served. I think, yeah. um, and everybody sort of knocks Freeman Agumon's acting. I don't think she's that bad, to be honest. I think she equipped herself quite well. Yeah, no, yeah, you know, I've, I've, no, none whatsoever. Um, certainly no worse than Billy Piper in my eyes, anyway. No, I know Billy Piper gets a lot of um, a lot of love from from fandom, um, but I, I think I was just sick of the character of Rose, to be honest, and. Um, it, you know, it, it was. I think, <laughs> You're going to love where this podcast's going, aren't you? <laughs> oh god, <laughs> yeah. Serious reviews. <laughs> oh god, I don't want to speak about Rose again. Actually, bollocks to Rose. That's what we're going to say. Actually, um, yeah. Let's get back onto this particular story. Um, yeah, I think it, it, the whole Martha thing. It, it was just a big misstep, really. I think maybe they shouldn't have. She shouldn't have been a, a one series companion either. Maybe, yeah. I think maybe if if she was given another series. And they did nothing with the character. Still made her going around all doe-eyed, um, as, as Chris adequately puts it. Um, then, then maybe there'd be more of an argument to say, yeah, it wasn't a great character. It would have helped if if she'd have actually, if they could have. I could understand almost keeping that going for some point at the time. And I suppose it was quite a good way of, of her bowing out was the fact that look. While I'm with you, I'm not going to move on with my life. I mean, in, in certain ways, if we're talking about her character not developing, I mean, the character says it herself at the end of this episode. Mm. Yeah, she does. Because if she didn't get out but now... She would stay the same person. She, she'd be like her friend. Yeah. F- forever pining after someone who's never never going to feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, not, and not living her own life. Yeah. So I, I, I personally think it, it, it did work. It, it probably wasn't done... Probably the best way, put it that way. No, but yeah, disappointing. I think. Um, but anyway, I think moving on from um, from Martha, Captain Jack Harkness. Was there really any point to him being in this particular episode? No, because he did naffle, didn't he? Yeah, it it was. I mean, you almost get the feeling they brought him back as much as anything, just to get get the uh, his time. Bracelet for him. Yeah. <laughs> that was more important to bring back than him in this, yeah. in this story. Obviously. Yeah, I, I, I just think it was... Um, seriously underused. Seriously you know, underused. Used. Seriously underused. Yeah. Um, but I suppose there's a problem if you've got a person that can't be killed. There's, there's a limited amount to how much you can use him because otherwise he ends up being able to do everything. Yeah. That's true. That is very true, actually. Someone who can't die, then... Um... Yeah, it's usually a good little. Um, and we also go. We also go. So, so we also go from the the first time when they actually entered the TARDIS and see that it's been turned into a paradox machine. The Doctor, no, no, don't touch it. We don't know 
you could damage the TARDIS, whatever. Yeah. At the end of this episode, you you orders Jack to go and shoot the shoot the shoot the paradox machine. Yeah. Well, don't 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 worry about what's happening. I, I'll tell I'll tell you what what made me laugh more about that was the look on John Barrowman's face when he was firing the machine gun. Yeah. He just pouts. <laughs> so is that oh, my break the habit of a life? I was going to say is is that is, is that the face he always pulls who's holding a massive weapon. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm talking of pulling um, stupid faces. Um, <laughs> so I'm glad you said pulling. I'm, I'm glad you finished that with stupid faces. <laughs> um, um, the, that scene where all um, after the the Doctor's failed escape attempt, uh, more or less at the beginning of the episode, and all of Martha's family are all uh, handcuffed. To, to their bunk beds, aren't they? Yeah. And they're all discussing how you know, each of them's going to kill the master, you know. And um, there's this one bit when um, <laughs> so I'm laughing about it now. Actually, it's um, my Martha's dad got, leans in to, to kiss um, her mum. Let's just get the right. The Clive Jones goes in to kiss Francine. Let's get the right names. Um, he pulls. He sort of opens his eyes really widely. And he sort of puckers his lips up. It's, sort of, it, it's the most peculiar facial expression I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'll just burst out laughing when it happens. And I've never, and I've never noticed it before. He was thinking of Captain Jack. <laughs> Holding a massive weapon. <laughs> no, it was, it was just a peculiar... But, I mean, he was a bloody poor actor anyway. Yeah, he really is a poor actor, um, and everything was uh, overacted. He, he, now, including he's <laughs> including a kissing scene as well. It was just the most bizarre facial expression. It was amazing, absolutely amazing. But again, they were using that bit in the beginning, and then that was it. They weren't called upon to do anything again, apart from Francine, who, th- who, who did threaten to kill the master. But that was it, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Again, they didn't serve any purpose. After the beginning of the of the of the story, I mean, you even go back to the uh, the fact of that failed attempt. If you think of all the people that are on that ship, why is the master trusting <laughs> the the three most people, the three people the most against him? Oh no, exactly. It just oh. in positions of most trust. If you think that as a prisoner's trusty positions, yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Um, but what was there anything you did like about this? I know I said I've like I've like I actually do quite like John um John Sims' performance in this particular episode. What 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 is there anything you actually liked? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you not, what. Not there, that I can think of. <laughs> well, there yeah, was, there I, was, I know what I like, the end credits. The end credits. Well there was one Oh up... no, no, even though I was spoiled, even them were spoiled though. <laughs> because it reminds me of the that coming soon is Voyage of the Day. <laughs> Oh crikey! Well, there's a, there's only there's only one other bit I liked, and that was when they broke open um, one of the Toclophane spheres. Yes, I must admit. Yeah, actually, the scenes the scenes with Professor Doherty, yeah, are good. Are probably the best bit in the in this story. Yeah, her character I actually quite liked. Even though we just moaned about the fact that she was the the only person. In humanity, in humanity, humanity will grass her up. up. Yeah, um, yeah, but but actually, 
I've, what, the one thing I, I, what I liked is when they started when they started interrogating you know the head inside the the sphere, and they said, how how why 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 are you killing your own ancestors? And said, because it's fun and starts laughing. Yeah, and I like that. It's just sort of this whole they're, because they're completely insane. These things and again, then, very dark, very dark. And then the and then the um, also Thomas Milligan, who's also a doctor, shoots it in the face. Yes. <laughs> Again, very, very dark. Is that, I've, I've, that? I mean, I did like that bit. I did. I, I like that bit where it just starts. It just starts laughing when it says it's fun killing people. Yeah, I did actually quite like that. But I mean, the rest of it though was just utter, utter cobblers. It really was. And then, of course, I mean, right at the end, you, yeah, you know, the big reset button. You know, everything reversed. You know, outside the eye of the storm. But one thing I, I sort of sort of thought about when I was watching it last night was, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Why is everybody panicking and screaming in the streets? If time was being reversed, when they just suddenly just cease to exist at that moment in time and go back to where they started, straight away, straight away, rather than being blown around in a hurricane. Yeah, I like the fact that this uses the same idea for time reversal, i.e., the, the Earth spinning the other way, sort of thing, to um, to Superman. <laughs> That's right. Yes, yeah, so he reversed the uh, reversed the. First time, Earth's by turning... axis, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, and this seems to take, this seems to confirm that that's the way you reverse time. <laughs> oh God! But even that, even that, it's take it back. So it takes it back to that point, which is supposed to be the point before the Toclophane arrive. Mm. But the Toclophane were around before that point because they kill the journalist. They... Oh no, they'd, they'd um. Well, it's not only that. That at that point they'd killed the the um. President of the United States. So if everyone can remember yeah. that, yeah, why, why, yeah, they why, arrived why, before. You're, you're right; they arrived before the president's killed. Not two minutes, not a minute after. Yeah, so they should remember the Toclophane murdering the the president of the United States. Yeah, or it should actually go back to if it's the paradox machine that's allowing the Toclophane to arrive, and the Toclophane can't arrive until the paradox machine is running. Mm. Then they shouldn't turn up. Yeah, it should take it back to before the first Toclophone turn up. Yeah, no, I'm quite, doesn't. No, I'm quite sure there are people out there who could have got theories and, and probably might even be able to correct us on on what we just discussed there. But quite frankly, people, we don't care. <laughs> we don't care. So, <laughs> um, especially if it means we've got to watch it again to understand. No, we are not doing that. I don't intend to watch this one for a very, very long time. Believe me. And of course, right, this, is, this is going to go on the same shelf as End of Time, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah, the, the, the I can't swear on this podcast, but <laughs> the shelf has got a name. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then right at the very end, uh, the Doctor Nick Darth Vader's funeral pie. But pretty neat. So, yeah, and of course, he... I, I just like the fact that his coat nearly goes up. <laughs> All the hem has been singed. <laughs> nah. He's wandering around in what looks like a bomber jacket for the next two episodes. <laughs> oh, God. And then you get the, the, the... Actually, the other thing I forgot as well is the whole face of bow thing at the end. Yeah. Um, which is, if you look at the Wikipedia entry for, for Last of the Time Lords, apparently it's in the episode's commentary, which I haven't listened to. I, I, I don't listen to anyone, you know connected to this show, talking about this particular episode, because they're probably saying how, how wonderful it was. Um, but Julie Gardner told Russell T. Davis to stop backpedalling about the two characters being the same. 
So I, I don't know if that was like some sort of in joke or not, or it was just sort of like maybe she was getting a bit fed up with the whole bloody enterprise as well. <laughs> Yeah, didn't want to actually. Yeah, yeah. Call them the same, then we don't have to have a revisit. Exactly, exactly. Now, do you, now, whilst I'm talking about the wiki um, entry uh, for this, there's there's one glaring admission in this, and it's even this of like Wikipedia don't want to acknowledge this actually happened, mm. and that's the Dobby Doctor. That bit is completely missing. <laughs> so even the person wrote it up on wiki, it doesn't acknowledge the fact that that happened, and I wished. I could acknowledge the fact that it didn't happen as well. <laughs> it's yeah, it's obviously it's obviously has been erased as part of the returning of time. It's gotta be. It's the only explanation for it. <laughs> In that hurricane of time that happened at right at the very end. Yes. Yeah, so there there we are. I think I think that's about it really, isn't it? Are we are we done with our series three retrospective at last? I think we are. I think we are. My god. We got to start Cut series two next. We got through. We got to start series two next. Bloody hell! <laughs> yeah, because that means we're back to the Doctor and Rose. Yes, actually, it's our first time talking about the Doctor and Rose, isn't it? Um, well, we've we've had in a, in a whole um, series anyway. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, actually, yeah, I will say, unfortunately, Rose returned after the series two, didn't she? Yeah, but, uh, she did. Yes, uh, but more, I'm sure. More of the I'm sure. Returns. Sure, in about a year's time, we'll be talking about. <laughs> so, exactly, exactly. Right. Okay, then. Phew, I'm glad that's over. I'm glad that's over. Right, well, uh, next... Can't have a bath now, I, I can, I feel dirty. But uh, um, coming up next week, uh, we're going to go back to the world of Big Finish, aren't we? Hmm. Now, I've actually forgotten the name of the, the story we're doing, but we're doing Big Finish again next week. <laughs> Can you remember what it was? We did it's agree, the didn't Seventh we? Doctor one. It is the Seventh Doctor. I've... That's all we'll tell you for now. Yeah, that's it. Um, I might erase that bit. Um, no, we're keeping it a secret. Nothing to do with the fact I've forgotten. We're keeping it a secret. Okay. Yeah. Should we call it a day then? I think so. I think so. Good. So until we return next week with a big finish review, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Who's He?